0: Church, it's great to be here. Yes, thank you. All right, it's nice, it's a little nicer than the first service. You guys are warmer, all right. But we are excited, excited to be here. i uh, glad glad uh, to, to get to join uh, to share the word with you. Honored to share the word with you. Uh, we're going to keep our pastor in our prayers, he's down in South Campus. Um, I don't want to keep you up too long, so if you can start getting your Bibles. Opening them up to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be reading a few verses out of chapter 12. Chapter 12. Who's been blessed by our current series right now? It's not complicated. Amen. We're so excited uh, for for Pastor, for his book. It's been a blessing. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to start reading it, uh, read it. A few of us have already had the the opportunity of, of finishing it up. It's a beautiful, beautiful little book. Uh, if you're not a big reader it's not a big book so you definitely can can get through it uh, I've been in church my whole life and I've been blessed by it just going back learning some of the basics uh, learning some new strategies that maybe I haven't learned before um, and as we as we get ready for Easter this is your chance to kind of refresh and also you know the season comes and you get the opportunity to share with maybe some new people that aren't, you know, too, too familiar with church. So this is a great opportunity to come in and learn some, some of the basics to share with our community. So please, please, please get a copy of the book if you have not yet. All right. And today we're actually going to be in the, the third message in our series, and we're going to be talking about building or being a part of community. The name of our title today is Finding My People. And if you've missed out on the first, uh, either of the first two messages, I highly encourage you to go back to the podcast, go back to YouTube, catch up, watch them. They're going to bless your life. That first message was, was amazing. It was about what it means to say yes to Jesus, but also about how Jesus is always there for us. And if, even if we, if we go astray, even if we walk away, he's right there. He's right there ready to receive us once again. That was so good. I wanted to get saved again. All right, that was a good message. And then last week, we were talking about how God gives us the power to change, how the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen us, to guide us, to comfort us, to empower us. So please, please listen to those if you have not yet. And today we're going to get into the chapter Finding My People. And we're going to begin reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to read verse 12, then we're going to read verse 18. Then verse 21, and then 26, and 27. So if you have it, or we're going to put it up on the screens, it reads as follows. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 18, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Verse 21 The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And then verse 26 and 27. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Let us pray one more time. Lord, we come before you this morning. Grateful, Lord. Thank you. We know that your spirit is already in this place. Thank you for the worship, Lord. Now we ask, Lord, that that, that we can listen to what you have to speak to us today. I ask that I not get in the way of the message that you have for every one of us. Let us open our ears and our hearts and our minds to listen to you. We also ask for our pastor, Pastor Josh, who's down south, Lord, sharing the word as well. Be with him. We know your presence is going to be with us, is going to be with them, and you are going to move in our lives. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before you take your seats, why don't you turn to somebody, high-five them, and tell them you are a part of God's plan. All right. Then you guys can take your seats. All right. It is good to see you guys this morning. It's good to have the online people joining us. It is great, great to be here. I'm going to start off with a little question for you guys. Do we have any ex-gang members in the house today? Do we have any current gang members? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, do we have anybody who's seen a documentary about gangs or a, a movie about gangs? There used to be a show on TV called Ganglands. It was a, it was a good show. I used to like watching it. Uh, um, but, you know, if you've seen, I think we've, maybe we've never been part of the thug life, uh, but maybe most of us, but I- even if you haven't, you you kind of understand a little bit about how how a gang works, right? I grew up in the shady part of town. I grew up uh, my junior high years were in El Cajon, California, and there were some there were some gangs around, right in my neighborhood. If somebody in my neighborhood asked you where are you from, they weren't asking where you were born, okay? They were asking who you rolled with. They were asking what gang uh, you were in, right? And and just by the grace of God and by the prayer of my mom and. And just by His mercy, thank God, I, I kind of never ended up in that in that lifestyle, but I did have some some friends that, that made some some choices, and they ended up, you know, uh, in a gang, and and it was pretty intense, and I kind of got to see that firsthand. And and the thing about gangs is that when you're in it, you're in it, right? It's it's for reals. It's no joke, right? There's no such thing as a part-time gang member, right? <laughs> People don't attend gang meetings as, as a casual visitor. I'm, I'm just checking it out today. You know, I want to see how it goes. No, no, right? There's no such thing. In fact, you can't be a gang member only one day a week and then go back home the other six days and just keep living your normal middle-class life. All right. Ooh, I'm already preaching. Some of you just aren't seeing it yet. All right. When you're a part of a gang... They say, what do they say? They say, blood in, blood out, right? You can't just fill out an application, right? No, they got, they jump you into the gang. You have to, you have to pay a price with your own flesh and with your own blood. And I mean, they literally beat you. You want to join, we'll beat you up, right? And then you can join our gang. So then that, you're like, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody join a gang? Well, Psychologists' research tells us that there's, there's a, a one, one big reason. This is why. Because once you're in the gang, you become like a family, right? You actually become blood brothers with the people, literally, because you bled to get in. You become a blood brother with the people in the gang. And from that moment on, you will do anything for them, and they'll do anything for you, right? Even if it comes to breaking the law. Even if it comes to taking the rap for somebody else, if it comes to going to jail for your crew, even if it comes to putting your life on the line, you're willing to do it because these guys literally become your ride-or-die friends, right? That's where we get that from. These guys are with you till the end. And it's very, very sad to see young people turn to a life of crime, not because They set out to be criminals, but because they finally found a group that accepts them, that has their back, who will stick by them no matter what in the ups and the downs of life, right? So why do people join gangs? Why do people join extremist groups? Why do people join cults? Why do people join those weird online communities with all those eclectic things that they're into, right? Why do people long for this? Because they're looking for their tribe. They're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for a people to call their own. The Bible teaches us that we as humans are created for community, right? The Bible calls it koinonia in the Greek, right? That means that we are created for communion and fellowship with God and with other believers. So people join these organizations because they're looking for a place to belong. The Bible tells us from the very beginning, it is not good for a man to be alone. In fact, nowadays one of the worst punishments that prisons inflict on the inmates is to put them where solitary, solitary isolation. We call it the hole, right? Put them in solitary confinement, where they're removed away from everybody else, from human interaction, yeah. and that literally drives some people insane. In fact. The thing is, you don't have to be in prison. You don't have to be in, isol- in solitary confinement to be alone. Psychologists tell us that we as a country are going through a loneliness epidemic. And they, w- excuse me, they warn us, they tell us that it is unhealthy and it is dangerous to try to do life alone. If you've read the book, if you got a chance uh, to get to this chapter in the book, Pastor talks about the book of Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read you Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I've read this verse uh, several times during my life, but I had never had it explained like Pastor Josh explains it in the book. It had never hit me this way. He mentions then when the Apostle Paul gave these instructions, the church was in the middle of being persecuted by two different groups. And it was super dangerous to go public with your faith. If you were private, if you were just at home, you weren't in that much danger. But if you started associating with other believers, if you guys started going out, visiting each other's houses, being out in public, and people found out, that you were a believer, your life could be in danger. Nevertheless, Paul was trying to communicate to them and to us that doing life alone is actually more dangerous than risking the persecution of the Jewish authorities and of the Roman authorities. Man, that hit me when I read that. It means that the Bible is teaching us that not doing life together is more detrimental to your well-being than being actively persecuted by the very people who crucified Jesus. That's how dangerous it is to try to do life alone. Mm -hmm. And thank God that we live in a world in a a country where we have the freedom to come together together and know that our life is not at risk and know that we're not being persecuted. We have the opportunity to do this, and some of us are not taking full advantage of it. Man, we were created to do life together. The Bible tells us this. And if I think if, if society just started learning some lessons from the Bible, we could save ourselves a whole lot of trouble. All right, let's go back to, to our verses in, in 1 Corinthians. There are two concepts today that I do not want you to miss. There's two things I want you to get before you leave here today and take with you. I'm going to put them up on the screen. If you want to take a picture, if you want to write these down, these are the two things I want you to understand before you leave today. One, the body of Christ is better when you are an active part of it. And two, your own life can only reach its full potential when you become a part of the body of Christ. I'm going to read them one more time. The body of Christ is better when you are an active part of it. And your life can only reach its full God-given potential when you become a part of the body of Christ. Our opening passage calls everyone a member of the body of Christ. Some of us may be in a more visible role. Some of us in a ve- less visible role, maybe like an internal organ. But every one of us is important. Every one of us is valuable and placed exactly where God knew was best. But here's the thing. If you ever talk to anybody who maybe has, has lost a finger or lost a limb or, or lost an eye, they could tell you that, that your body parts are only useful when they're connected to the body. If your body parts become disconnected from the body, they lose its usage. Thankfully we got in modern medicine and nowadays they if you take it into the ER just in time, they can reattach it, they can put it back, right? But if, if they can't save it, if they can't put it back, that finger's no good anymore, right? A finger's only good if it's attached to the hand. The hand is only good if it's attached to the arm. The limb is only good if it's attached to the body. An eye is only good if you have that, that nerve, that optic nerve that connects it to the brain, that's the only way that it can be useful. And as the body of, of Christ, we are all parts of a bigger body. And, and when you're disconnected, when you're trying to fly solo, and I think we've all gone through periods where we felt disconnected, where we've been trying to do things on our own, be the lone ranger in the body of Christ, right? That's not what he's called us to be. Because when you try to fly solo, two things are going to happen. One, you're not going to be helping and contributing to the body. And two, the body is not going to be there to sustain you, to give you the nutrients that you need to stay alive and to stay healthy. See, there is a synergistic, synergistic, symbiotic relationship between one part of the body and the body as a whole. All of us need to be connected to the body to survive survive and to fulfill our purpose. And I've learned just being in ministry uh, over the years that usually when somebody is hesitant to join or to become an active part of the body, it's for one of two reasons. Either they feel that they have nothing to gain, that the church has nothing to offer them, or maybe because of their self-esteem, they feel that they have nothing to contribute to the church. Right? So I want to address both of these, and I want to tell you why they're both wrong. First, I want you to know that every part every member of the body of Christ is important there are no extraneous organs in the body of Christ The, the doctors call these vestigial organs right there are no vestigial organs in the body of believers God did not just call us here to take place to take space in fact it's crazy because the Bible says how God he knitted us in our mother's womb right and he gave us all of our body parts And for decades, doctors and scientists look at things like like our earlobes, like our appendix, like our tonsils, uh, and they thought that they were useless. They thought that they didn't serve a purpose. But now research is showing that humans don't really have vestibial uh, uh, organs, right? That all of these body parts, they actually serve a purpose. They're actually there for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. God has reasons that he created us, and everybody in the body of Christ also is here for a reason. Now, I realize, and I want to address this, that some parts are more visible than others. But that does not make the less visible parts any less valuable, any less important. Look, I don't think any of us has ever seen, or unless you have diabetes, you probably uh, don't think too much about your pancreas, right? Right? Who's seen their pancreas? Not me, right? (laughs) But I bet you that if you wake up tomorrow with no pancreas, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. You're going to be a mess. So even if you can't see it, they are super important, right? And there are some people in this church that maybe we don't see all the time. Maybe they're not up here. Maybe you don't see the people at 7 in the morning that are out here setting up. Maybe you don't see the admin staff that is behind the scenes doing all the paperwork, making sure that everything is where it needs to be. Maybe you don't see the people that are covering this church in prayer day after day and week after week. But I can tell you that this church would not function if those people were not around. So just because you're not up here, just because you don't have a mic, just because you don't play an instrument, does not mean that you are not a critical and important part of the body of Christ. Amen. Even in the Bible, you read some of the epistles in the New Testament, and it mentions these random people, and it never tells us what they did, so we'll never know what they were doing, but they were so important to the new church that God thought it was worth honoring them and mentioning their names in the scriptures, these invisible essential workers in the church, Let's go back to, to my, my gang analogy for a minute. See, a gang, if you, if you think about it kind of from a, from a demographic point of view, uh, a gang is just a group of people that sticks together and goes against the conventions of society, rebelling against social conformity because they have come to the conclusion that societal norms are not their tickets to success. So they're trying to find a different way to be successful, right? We call them alternative businesses, right? A side hustle something. Or it's like I'm in an alternative economy, right? Because they go, man, if I just follow the path that I see everybody else following, I'm not going to succeed. So I'm going to find a group of people that are like-minded. We're going to stick together. We're going to cover each other's back. And we're going to find a different way to find success, right? Well, when you look at it that way, that's not a bad mentality, Right? What if we, as the body of Christ, started kind of adapting some of that mentality? What if we were a little bit of gangster Christians? Right? I knew that Pastor Josh was joking about it the other day, but I'm not joking. All right? What if we actually started thinking, i got to be a little gangster Christian? Right? But instead of just being rebels without a cause what if we were revolutionaries with a heavenly purpose? What if we decided that we are going to stand together against the conventional norms of society, against the flow of the current culture, and we could help as many people as possible realize that their ticket to success is not to be part of going with the flow, but to join and be part of a different kingdom than the, world, than the one that the world offers them. Amen? What if that's what we can think, if that's what we can do? What if we were a gang, but instead of having nefarious or evil ends, we actually had a purpose. If we were a force for good, a force for the kingdom of God. See, you got to belong to a group. God wired us for community. And throughout the history of mankind, people have belonged to groups. They belong to tribes. They belong to communities. They belong to nations. They belong to gangs, to cults, to all kinds of organizations, Because we were created for community and in an ever more individualistic society, people will do anything to belong. And that's where the church needs to come in and offer the lost the opportunity to be part of something greater. Just like in again, here's the thing, it is blood in, blood out. But thank God that it's not my blood or your blood. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross so that even though you were unworthy and I was unworthy, he paid the price so that we could be a part of his family so that we can be brothers and sisters and children of God. That means that just like a gang, we're called to have each other's back, to be there through the thick and the thin. What if we as a church offered that to anybody feeling alone? my my prayer, my desire is that everyone in North County knew that Lighthouse was a place where people have your back. That it's not just a place where you show up to look pretty on Sundays, that it's a brotherhood, that it's a tribe, and that they're going to stick by you no matter what. It is sad. It is sad to see that sometimes gang members are more committed to each other than Christians, than the body of Christ is committed to each other. What if we could flip the tables? What if we could turn that around? All right, look, look, I'm not saying that we should all get matching tattoos. <laughs> I'm not saying that we should all start dressing in the same color, okay? But I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if people started spreading a few little rumors about Lighthouse Church. I wouldn't mind if we started to get a little bit of a reputation. I wouldn't mind if we started to get what they call a little street cred, right? So I, I wrote this little conversation that I want to read to you guys. And this is like, man, this is my dream. This is what I want to hear people, people say about us. So this is two guys talking, right? And one of them says, hey, man, did you hear about those people at house Church? Yeah, man, I hear that they really love each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I hear that they act like one giant family. Everyone helps each other out. Then they go out in their community and they even help out random strangers. Yeah, it's like they're always hanging out together. They go to each other's houses. I hear they even go on vacations together. They do life together. They're not like a normal church, right? People actually know each other. They know each other's names. They care about each other. They live in unity and fellowship with one another. They pray for one another. They carry each other's burdens. They're each other's support system. They mentor each other's kids. Bro, I hear that when one of them is hurting, everyone gathers around them in support, And then when one of them is celebrating something, everyone is genuinely happy for them. Yeah, you know the crazy part? I hear that even when one of them messes up, even when one of them makes a mistake, instead of condemning them and kicking them out of the church, they surround them with support. They help them get back up. They help them find healing and they help them find restoration. Yeah, bro. That's not normal. Yeah. Maybe we should join. Yes. And that's what I want people to say about us. That's the church that we can be with Jesus' help. It's us, it's up to us, guys. We can be that community. We can be the our name is Lighthouse. We need to be like the Bible says, the light to the world. Right? Let our light so shine that when people see us, it makes them turn to the Father. It makes them say, I need to be a part of that. I need to join your gang. I need to join your family. I need to join whatever you're on. That's what I need to be on. I need to be a part of this. Okay, okay. You got me, Sam. Okay, I'm in. All right, but, but you don't understand. This isn't easy for me because I'm an introvert. Okay, me too. All right. That's why, I don't know, some preachers, they're out here and there. I'm like hiding back here. I'm an introvert. Hide behind my pulpit. All right. So if you're an introvert, I I feel you. In fact, Pastor Josh has mentioned that he and I think a couple of the other pastors at this church, uh, they're naturally introverts, right? We love our alone time. The Little Mermaid used to sing, I want to be where the people are. We sing, I want to be where the people aren't, right? I don't want to be part of your world. I want to be part of my own world. All right, that's how, that's how we're wired, right? And many of you feel the same way. Like, oh, Sam, I'm not, I'm not super social, right? But here's the thing. If you look at Pastor Josh before service, after service, he's out there, he's talking, he's smiling, he's talking to people, interacting. Like, how does an introvert do that? Because he has learned. He has learned. Uh, we have learned. A lot of our of the pastors have learned that if we push ourselves, into social situations, even if it takes extra effort or places us out of our comfort zone, the return on investment into relationships is priceless. When you take the time to connect with people, when you take the time to step out of your little comfort bubble and start building relationships and start finding support in each other and backing each other up, and you have each other's back, man, the the benefits to that are indescribable if you've never felt it before. Look, uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been at this church for just a few months. And I want you to know that I see you guys as the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that you guys have continually, over the last few months, blessed my life so much. I've gotten to connect with you guys. And my prayer, my prayer is that by being a part of this community, I could just be a little fraction of the blessing to you guys that you guys have been to mine. man. you guys don't know how you have it in this place. You are blessed to be a part of Lighthouse Church. This place is amazing, right? And when you take that, when you're willing to take that challenge, we call it the introvert's challenge. Pastor Josh calls it that in the book of stepping out and taking a risk. I promise you that the benefits will be priceless. Two quick little examples. 20 years ago, man, I'm introverted now. You should have seen me 20 years ago. I was worse. Right, 20 years ago, I mustered up the courage to step out of my step out of my comfort zone, right? And I, I and just I started a friendship with the most amazing girl in church, right? And and after getting to know her, it turned out that she needed a math tutor to help her with some of her college math, and I needed a wife. <laughs> so <laughs> worked out perfectly. So I was willing to just step out and take it, guys. You're single. This is the best place to find somebody, right? Just a few months ago, when I was new to this church, I heard this couple that they were saying that they were new here too. They had just moved here from Oregon, right? And I'm like sitting in my chair like, oh, should I talk to them? Should I introduce myself? Trying to psych myself up. If you're an introvert, you know the struggle's real, right? Like, okay, go go talk to them, Sam. Go introduce yourself. Okay, I'm going to do it. And I did. And now... We're awesome friends, we do connect group together, we hang out together. We were just, we were having lunch yesterday, just saying how, how big of a blessing it is that our families found each other, that our kids are super good friends. Why? Because we were just willing to take that little step, right? And if you're feeling alone, if you're struggling, if you're going through something, man, this is the place. There are people under this tent that are also looking for somebody to connect with. This is your opportunity, all right? So how do we find our people? If you're an extrovert, you don't need any help. You know, after service, go find 20 people, be their best friend, get their numbers, you're good to go. Okay, if you're an extrovert. Okay, if you're an introvert, let me help you out a little bit. Okay, let me give you some some steps. I love it. Pastor Joe, they're working out there in the building. If you go inside, they have a bunch of scaffolds, right? Those scaffolds, they help you get to where you need to get. And I love it that we as a church, as an institution, are intentional about building scaffolds to help people get where they need to get. So let me give you three. If you want to find your people, here's what you can do. One, you can join a connect group. I know that we're like halfway through the season, but this is the perfect time to kind of dip your feet in the water, right, and then see if it's going well. And then when we start our new season, join it, join it full time. It's a great opportunity. Right? I'm currently going to two connect groups. We have our family connect group, and I'm going to a couple's connect group. My wife is going to three connect groups. She also goes to the the, the fitness group. Shout out to, to Madai. Yeah. All right. We, went, we actually joined them yesterday. We went hiking. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Feeling healthier already. Right? I actually, I know somebody who's in four connect groups. You know? And it's like, why? Because it's awesome to get to be a part of community. Right? We've Maybe some of you have been there um, where it's a little, you know, I've been to like small groups where it turns out to just be like a random Bible study at some like random stranger's house. And it's not really, it's not really vibing. But man, if you do it right, if you find the right people, it is such a blessing. You're not just sitting there to listen to a Bible study. You're sitting there to talk, to connect, to share, to pour out, to, in Spanish, we call it desahogarse. Desahogarse. to to unload everything that you're carrying, and you help carry each other's burdens in your community. So please, find the connect group to join if you can. Maybe you're younger, uh, and you need to be a part of what we call an affinity group. That's number two. We don't call it that too much, uh, but that's technically what they're called. What, What we mean is the student ministry, the young adults, right? These are groups of people around the same age going through the same stage of life that they can connect, they could do life together, they could develop in ministry together, they can grow together, they can be there for each other. Right? Even, even in the L kids right there, you guys realize that in those buildings right now, those kids are building lifelong friendships right now. Those kids could be sitting next to their future spouse 20, 25 years from now. <laughs> right? After they're done with college, remember. Okay. But that could be happening right there. And what other place? What better place? To find people to find to live the rest of your life with, then in that student ministry, then in those young adults, then in the kids, they're brought up in the walk of the Lord, right? Even the, the, the ladies—they just had their their Galentine's Day a few weeks ago, right? Where they got together, they shared, they blessed each other, they had fellowship. That's awesome, man. Find an affinity group to join. And number three, join the dream team, right? If you hadn't had a chance to go to Growth Track, track yet, or maybe you went through Growth Track but you, you kind of lost that connection with, with a, a part of the dream team, get reconnected. We have growth track again, April 5th. Right? Find a, a group to work with. Right? You guys know that in the military, these guys walk out with some of their greatest bonds and friendships with each other. Why? because they were in the trenches together, because they fought together, because they suffered together, because they sweat and they bled together, because they, 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 they went through those hard times, and those hard times forged them into a brotherhood. They call the military a band of brothers, right? Because they went through that hard work. This is your chance, right? When you work, when you join a serving team, when you guys get together and you guys sweat and even bleed a little bit together, we had somebody cut their finger on the tent back there the other day. And uh, even when you when you bleed together, it forms a bond. It forms a relationship, man. When you're here at seven in the morning setting up on a rainy day, man, you really love Jesus. You're saved, saved. All right? and that builds your relationship with people that you're with. So join the dream team. Now, those are the three. Those are three great scaffolds. Those are the three way, great ways. Uh, to start building community, but I do want to give you a couple of warnings. First of all, you need to watch out, because finding a group to join at church is only the beginning of building community, right? I've met some people that have been in a volunteer group, that have been going to church for years, that even attend a small group, and they complain about how they don't have any real relationships, Look, I know that this is going to be hard for the introverts, but you actually have to make an effort, right? It's not just about showing up, right? When we talk about finding your people, we don't just mean attend, right? You have, to, you have to share. You have to be willing to listen, and you have to be willing to share about your life. You have to be willing to take the time to invest in the relationships, to pray for people, to care about people, to allow yourself to be transparent, Okay, myself, that's something that has helped me out a lot, right? When I start praying for people, when I start praying for others, I feel connected to them, right? Because we're so used to just focusing on my situation, my needs, my wants, and what I'm going through. But when you wake up in the morning and you have some people, I'm going to pray for so-and-so, I'm going to pray for so-and-so. Then the next time you see them, you feel connected with them. You go, hey, how's your dad doing? I've been praying for him. Hey, how's the family doing? How's that investment going? And that's how you start to build those relationships, all right? Number two, you got to be careful. There needs to be some discernment. Not all groups are created equal. You have to make sure that your group is healthy. Look, even in the best of churches, there is always the risk that one of the groups is going to spiral into negativity, Okay, it's just the wrong combination of people. Maybe they lack a little bit of maturity. And you start showing up and people are being negative. People are start being disrespectful. There's some kind of toxic relationships. There's gossip going on. And if you find yourself in a situation like that, that's not okay. Hey, let's turn it around. Maybe talk to one of the pastors. Maybe seek out some help, not just for yourself. But that means that a lot of people in that group are hurting And maybe the rest of the body can come together. Like when a part of your body's hurt, the rest of the body can come, protect it, heal, restore. And that's what we want to do. So there also needs to be that discernment. Does that make sense? All right. Finding your people is one of life's greatest joys. My daughter was helping with the message. She wrote me a little part of this. Uh, She was excited about it. So thank you to my daughter who was helping me out. She said, finding your people is one of life's greatest joys. If you feel like there's no one you can count on, or if you need a family to support you, I challenge you today to find your people. I know that under this tent, there's someone who is also looking for people to do life with, amen? amen. All right, I wanna, I wanna finish with a little, a little analogy that I saw a pastor over in Florida do. I wasn't there, it was on the internet. All right, but here's the thing. I have a little, I have a little puzzle right here, right? And because it's a puzzle about pieces, I got it for Reese's Pieces, right? But you can tell that there's a piece missing, right? Have you ever done a puzzle in life and you got some kids at home and by the time you get to the end, there's a piece missing? Sticky fingers. All right. And you're like, where's my missing piece? And you know you're going to find it in three months in your daughter's dollhouse. And and you go through that, that frustration, that dissatisfaction of knowing you did all that work and it's not complete. And some of us feel the same way about life. Some of us think that this is our life. Man, I've got that missing piece. And if I could just find the missing piece, then my life will be complete. But I'm here to challenge you today that that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches That God is the great creator. He is the great puzzle master. And that you're the missing piece. You're the part that's missing in God's masterpiece, in God's big picture. And you are never going to be satisfied if you're trying to find things to fill your missing piece until instead of looking for the missing piece, you start looking at the creator to find your place in his big picture, in his master plan. the puzzle is complete. Then the puzzle is whole. When you find your place in the body of Christ, only then can your life be complete. And here's the thing. Before you can find your brothers and your sisters, you have to find your father. So if anybody here today hasn't made that commitment yet, hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few moments. Or if any of you say, man, I used to be a part of the body, man. I used to be involved. I used to be connected. And now I'm hurting because I've disconnected. Now I'm hurting because I've lost my way. Now I'm hurting because I've disattached myself from the body. This is your chance. God is right there. He's calling you back. There's an amazing story in the book of Ezekiel where God tells Ezekiel to speak life into the dry bones. That part that had been dead, that part that was gone, You think modern science is good? Wait until you see what Jesus can do. He can reattach. He can renew that circulation. He can revive those cells. He can make you a new creation. He can bring you back into the body and make you a part of his community and his kingdom once again. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If either of those situations applies to you, we want to pray for you and we want to pray with you. If you're standing here today and you say, "Man, I need Jesus. I need this community and the first thing I need is a father. And then I need some brothers and some sisters to gather around me because I'm tired of doing it by myself." Or if you're saying, "Man, I've disconnected. I've severed that relationship. I'm kind of just out there on my own and I need to come back. I need to come back to the body of Christ." I need to be fed. I need to be uh, to get those nutrients. I need that blood pumping through my veins again. I need to be made alive again. This is your chance. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. We're all going to close our eyes. We're all going to bow our heads. This is your moment. Raise your hand. Say one, two, three, and we want to pray for you. We want you to be. In fact, all of us together. I'm going to ask the whole congregation. Thank you to those that raise their hand repeat this all together as one congregation God thank you for everything that you did on the cross thank you for shedding your blood and now I come incomplete having made mistakes but thank you that you take me back Jesus I receive you today I receive your gift of salvation I ask that you connect me to yourself and that you connect me to the body. God, I don't want to do life alone. Help me find my family. Help me find my tribe. Help me be a part of your kingdom from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.